already. Hey, tell me your last name. Chibanda. Chibanda. Okay, yes. so I saw it and I wasn't exactly sure. I wanted to make sure I got that right. Yeah. Freddie Chibanda. Yes. It's ch- usually people call me the Chibanda because they they pronounce the T, uh-huh. but it's all together. So, Chibanda. Chibanda. Or almost it. kind of silent. Oh, no, it's there, huh? It's just no, a little. It's there. It's there. It's you you, you, you got to make sure you get it. Power, man. Oh, with power. Yes, I like that. Like Mufasa. <laughs> right. Yeah, oh, okay. Got, I know. love that. So, Freddie. Okay. So, um, I saw your name was with one D. See, your name seems to be spelled a little differently. No, what was actually, that about? Actually, my name is with two Ds. Oh, it is. Uh, okay. But then many people made mistakes, even in the schools back then, writing my name with one D, and all of a sudden it became a thing. Okay. So, yeah, it's it's with two Ds, but most people write it with one D. So. Wait, it was like you made a mistake with it one time, and your teachers like went with it, or like that's your parents, it. or what? That's really? It. No, that's the how parents it was. named me with two Ds, uh-huh. but you know the Congo is not. It's not like they have documentation on you okay. from the beginning. So it's you know you 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 make up a new uh, ID and you roll with that. Really, and so the person that made my first ID made that mistake, and then all of a sudden. You know, so just whoever happens to do that for exactly. you, is that what it was? Yeah. It just came That's with it. you. That's you it. just go with it, huh? That's it. I love That's that. That's it. So now Freddy I'm just Freddie with one D. There we go. Freddie with one D. I like exactly. that. That's good, man. So you're from the Congo. I yeah. thought maybe just to get us started, tell us a little bit about like what that was like for you, either how you ended up here in America or can just give me a little bit of background with that. And I'd like to know a little bit about that. Right. First off, you, you, you need to know what the Congo is, right? right? Well, he doesn't um, say I'd like to also know, right. like you kind of hear you know, just what you hear in the news or what right. you may know about just from random things. Right. So, like, yeah, I'd like to see, hear your viewpoint. Definitely. That. The Congo is, first off, located in the center, uh, the cent- no, central Africa, right there in the middle. Um, and the reason why we're even having this conversation somehow has to do with the Congo. What, I, what do I mean by that? Uh, the natural resources that we use to make cell phone, electronics, all kinds of stuff comes from the Congo. I've heard about you that. You can look it up. The Carlton is what they call it. It's just it's it, like it, that blue mineral or exactly. something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. It, it 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 is used to to literally advance technology the way we know it today. I heard it's um, like used a lot in like a lot of our green energy, like yes. Teslas and stuff yes. and things like that. Exactly. Use it, right. Okay. Same thing with iPad. You mm. name it. The last twenty years, uh, twenty to thirty years, is when they discover that eighty percent of the Carlton in the world is in. The Congo, Colton, is that yeah. Colton? okay, Colton. okay, and and even the cobalt, which is used for batteries, sixty percent of it comes from the Congo. Okay, so if you ever had a cell phone, if you ever messed with electronic, eighty percent of chances you've been using material from the Congo. Wow, that's all. Sixty percent of about. the wow. batteries uh, material that we have comes from the Congo. Okay, but the sad part about it is the Congo, unfortunately, is a country that has been affected from the beginning. It's been. Uh, blessed by God, it's it's the richest country in natural resources, and yet the UN uh, literally qualified the Congo being one of the last in quality of life. The right. reason being is I, because eighty percent unemployment. Most people do not have a, a job or grow up to have a, a decent job. Right. I thought I saw. I, I watched this YouTube video that it, the title of it was the poorest people but the richest nation yeah. as far as resources go. Exactly. That's crazy to think That's about. That's the reality of it. Yeah. But the problem is uh, when you have material that you do not know how to use, those that know how to use it will definitely 
you know, take advantage of it. And that's mm. kind of what has been going on in the Congo. Uh, um, we, we had a dictator for 32 years, and that dictator, Mobutu, that's his name, was willing to give all these things away to powerful countries so that they can support it. And then when he got um, old, couldn't really handle his business, they got rid of him, and they brought a new guy who then turned... Um, against all the powerful systems out there, and therefore he was killed. And but in the process, a rebellion started, and they used Rwanda, Uganda, c countries that are neighborhoods, uh, neighbors of the Congo, to invade the Congo so that they can actually take those natural resources. So those natural resources is taken from the Congo, shipped to China where all those electronics are made, and then from there shipped to everywhere else in the developed country. Mm -hmm. So basically what you see, the reason why it's cheap is because the natural resources is really cheap. Now, cheap in the sense that we actually can afford it. It's still expensive, but imagine if they had to pay for the natural resources in the price that really... Uh, it's actual well, value. Yeah, it's actual value that, back right. in the Congo. And imagine if they had to pay the labor in China, not paying a dollar for a person to actually make their cell phones mm -hmm. a month. Imagine how expensive these equipment will be. Right. So because of what's going on, the Congo is the one actually paying the prices. And what's the prices? Eight million people have lost their life the last eight, uh, the last 10, uh, 20 or 30 years. Eight million people right. because those village people have been mis uh, displaced and many of them are using the mining business. They're dying there. You have kids, 40,000 40, kids. Um, uh, the, the UNICEF uh, determined that 40,000 kids are working in the mining business to support our needs for right. electronics that's reality happening right so th there was this power structure there this what you said and then when he was overthrown it, it never kind of came together then so right. you said just little f factions came in and exactly. just for their own personal gain exactly it kind of just took it over so it hasn't exactly. been able to be right because it was so valuable valuable right. you could right. see why, how they would take advantage yeah, of that of that's course. crazy yeah. i mean you you look at the technology the mm -hmm. tv used to be big and now it's just flat the cell phone used to be big and now it's just flat it's because of the Carlton. It's because of right. the Congo. So what we see today is really what the Congo has contributed without wanting it right. to be here. But yet the result is 80 million people, 80 percent of folks uh, can't have a normal life. They, they just don't have a job, jobless, unemployment. Uh, and that's the real the reality that I grew up in, knowing right. that I wouldn't amount to anything. Right. My parent, my dad is a math professor, my mom is a nurse, and you would think that those big title will have a, a great life assured for me, but that wasn't the case. I slept on the floor in a room mm. where it was raining and I had to move from one room to another just so that we could make it through the night. That was the reality, going through uh, the whole day without eating at all, not mm. knowing if I was you know, we would have food at the end of the day for my parents because they were intellectual. They really put emphasis in two things. Number one is God. We went to church day in and day out. There was no question. If you don't go to church, you don't eat. Huh. Uh, the second thing is uh, uh, school. Education was the main thing. You know, after God is education, you got to go to school. And the way my dad will always say it, education uh, does not assure that you will be rich, but it, it assures that you are 
getting the tools that you need to mm-hmm. not uh, lose whatever it is that you have, that you will be able to make it somehow, regardless of how bad the situation right. may get. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. Okay. A, a background where, you know, for many who knew me, I was desperate knowing that I would never amount to anything. I would never realize anything because if my parents who have uh, great education can't even provide the kind of lifestyle that I wanted to, you know, that I saw on other families, uh, then what am I going to accomplish right. here? How but, does that How does that work though? You said because you said your parents were a, a mathematician and or a math yeah. teacher and a what was it? A math professor. Math professor. For my dad. And a nurse, nurse for, your for mom. my mom. So how does that work? You so so you, obviously there's are like accomplished professions. You know you think of. But yeah. You said you were still not able to, you know. Yeah. Still the, struggling growing see, up. The, and the, stuff the like thing that. is, that profession does not translate to the money. In other words, okay. these people work for months mm-hmm. without getting paid. Because they were working for the buildings that belongs to the government. So what that meant is that the government or people working in the government will be the one to be served first before Mm -hmm. it trickles down to professors, it trickles down to nurses working in those hospitals. And most likely the money will finish before it gets to them. So month after month, these people never got paid. Just kind of hoping there's enough to come down to you each time. One day that they will still get something. Right. That they deserve. That's kind so of that's amazing, though, in that situation for your parents to still have that kind of mindset. Yeah. You know, because it would be very easy for that mindset to look at the hard work we put in right. and look at everything we did to accomplish what we did. And we're still struggling, you right. know, to do this. You know, it would be very easy for someone in that situation to kind yeah. of just almost give up in a way, you know, and yeah. just say, but for them to still have that mindset yeah. and to instill that in you, that's kind of amazing to think about. That's, that that's the to key. That. To be yeah. honest, um, the reason why they, 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 they behave that way is because they grew up that way. They were blessed to have parents that instill the very same values, to put God first, right. to work hard, and to pursue to be a blessing to others. These are the values that they learned. And when uh, they became parents themselves, they wanted to convey the very same values to us. And so mm-hmm. to them, it was just relegating what they received. The Bible right. said, if you know, if train up a child the way he should go when he grew up, he, do, he does not depart from it. He right. will not depart from it. And that was the same situation. And as I was growing up, I never thought that one day I will be serving. To me, I hated what my parents were doing, giving everything they had to people, allowing anyone to come and share the little food that we had. I mean, it was just not enough already for us. And yet they allowed everyone to just be part of it, to come and share the food. And my mom as a nurse, she would go from place to place uh, because most people can't afford to go to big hospitals. And she was working in one of the big hospitals. And what she would do is she would visit people that are sick and try to help them with medication and training and how, you know, preventive measures so that they can keep their family safe. So they serve their entire life. They taught us these things because they grew up learning these things from their parents. That's awesome to see that passed down from generation to generation. Yeah. For you to still have that, you know, right. and to try and teach that probably to your kids and stuff like that. Exactly. Going on. All I'm, coming I'm, from your grandparents in that situation. That's amazing for it in that situation for it to still continue on. Right. That's great. So when did you come leave the Congo? So I left the Congo. It's been, I would say now, 18 years, between 16 to 18 years. Okay, uh, and the way it happened, uh, my uh, my father's younger sister uh, was 
very politically involved in that time during Mobutu's time, the guy that I talked about who was president for 32 years. And so Mobutu will take people out to him. He was a dictator, and if you oppose him in any way, shape, or form, your life is in danger. So my auntie's life was in danger, so she left and came to America as a refugee. Uh, And because of the fact that she knew how difficult life was uh, for us back then, she also wanted to help by adopting me and my brother. We we four boys, I'm the baby. Okay. Uh, And so she And you were how old at this time? I would say I was 20 okay. years old. Okay, oh, you were adult, yes. okay. I, I was, yeah, I was an adult. Um, um, so she adopted me and my my brother, the, the younger ones. Uh, but even my parents were concerned because as I say to you, um, I, I used to hate how they were serving and giving everything away and just being kind to people. Uh, my life was not what it is today. I was rebellious. I felt like, you know, this this is just a, a, an unfair world where being good doesn't pay because I see my parents being so good and they just right. were not. How can you not feel that reward. way most of the scene? A- that? That's exactly. crazy. Yeah. You know, and, and so I was, I was rebellious in a way that my parents were worried because everyone that were around me knew that I wouldn't amount to anything. I was this this child that just the the, the black sheep of the family, mm-hmm. creating issues everywhere, messing up the names, the family names. And so they were a little concerned whether or not they should really let me go to America. But they prayed about it, and they were convinced that God was really leading them to allow me to come to America. Mm-hmm. But I remember at the airport, my parents asked me to uh, kneel down, me and my brother, and they pray for us. And then my mama said this, these words to me. She said, uh, son, we taught you about everything you needed to know. We taught you about number one, put God first in your life because God has blessed you with so much talent. Mm-hmm. Number two, work as hard as you can. Never be okay with mediocrity. Whatever it is that you can do, that's the example we set for you. And number three, pursue to be a blessing to someone. Okay. And and these are the principles that they received from their parent. And what she was saying is that we laid that we set that example for you so that you too can do the same thing. As you're going there, please do not forget these things. Mm-hmm. Of course, I didn't really pay attention because <laughs> I couldn't wait to jump on, on the airplane because you got to know that this is everybody's dream in the Congo to go to America. Right. Like I was being given something that I know I did not deserve. Was that process like difficult? It's very difficult yeah. and very expensive. Okay. I mean, it, So unless, it takes money to do that. Oh, yeah. To, it yeah, takes okay. money, but it also takes connection. And right. obviously, I had both. My mama, auntie, living here in America, she was able to pay for my way. I never paid for it. I never looked for it. I, I've never even tried anything. Uh, and she was also able to, you know, be that connection that right. opened the door for us. But not everybody has uh, such a blessing. Right. And this has been the greatest, greatest blessing of my life to have the opportunity to come to America. Of course, it was a challenge right. uh, because of the fact that I had to face some realities that we can talk about later on. But definitely the greatest blessing of my life as I'm standing here. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for what happened for the idea of pulling me out of that environment to place me in a different environment. That's great. And that's honestly kind of powerful. The the image of like your mother praying for you as you're leaving her, that is powerful. I think there's like, I think that right there, I know maybe not in the moment, you know, you said like you were just ready to get on the plane and go, but I can imagine now thinking back on that, how much that must mean, you know, seeing your parents pray for you like that and knowing what they did for you. 
Yeah. That, that's amazing. Yeah. The, the thing is, prayer to us was not a new thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, we did prayer for everything. Right. Right. We, we woke up at five o'clock in the morning. My mom and dad will wake us up so that we can pray before we go to school and do everything that we, we, we had to do. So prayer was definitely the engine that basically drove everything in our home. And so having her putting our hands on us, you know, and my dad and pray for us and put the cross on our yeah. forehead, that's just, that's just the normal, right. you know, because they've been doing it, you know, ever since I've, I've known them, right? right. <laughs> ever since I've been aware of what it is that they've been doing. So right. it's been an example that they set for us, that's for sure. That's great. So, so was this something like you always want, you like dr dreamed about as a kid growing up, like coming to America or it's like an opportunity came up and you're like, oh man, I just got to take this or... Like how did that come about? No, like, this 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 going to America, man. We watch these movies, right? right okay. I mean, we 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 know what America is. It's it's presented to be a place where you can't even find trash on the ground. Obviously, <laughs> that's not different. the case when you get here. Uh, it changes everything. But all we know is Hollywood, right? right? This this is it. So that's everybody's dream. So we we you know and and, and me growing up, it's been always uh, these two. Or maybe three, I would say. Number one is you really want to be the president of the Congo to be just like this dictator where people dance for you. I mean, there's the <laughs> glory that you get, the respect and the wealth. Everybody wants that. So we all wanted to do politics, not because we wanted to serve, but because we wanted to be served. One of the glory. That's, yeah. that's, that's the key. Number one. Number two, if you can't make it, uh, maybe you want to be a, a, a star, right? A musician, a singer. They also have that glamorous life where every Everybody really seemed to uh, to to enjoy, you know, their presence and glorify them in a sense. So that was something, you know, mm -hmm. because I also had a little voice. I I could sing back then. Oh, there you go. So it was it was, <laughs> back then, it was you don't use that no it more. It was an option, you know. <laughs> I'm not I'm not as good as I used to be. There you go. You know, but definitely it was an option. But yeah going to America, that's a dream, you know, that you may never get to, right. but at the background, this whole thing is if I was to be a president, I can go to America. If I was to be a musician, I can go to America. Get you there. Either way, it's going to get us out there. So it's so, almost like there was no like in between as far as what you felt like you can do. It was either become that famous star or celebrity or politician or leave. Like, was there really nothing in between? You know, like there's no like... Just a normal good life? No, just... I wouldn't say good. The, the normal would be just hustling like everybody else, right. but you know that you would never accomplish anything. Like mm -hmm. I told you, going to school was not an option. Yeah. And so I was still going to school and I was getting ready to start college uh, because we had the obligation to go to college. Mm -hmm. So four of my brothers I shared with you. The first one is a, 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 a computer engineer. The second one is a medical doctor. Oh, the wow. third one is a, an accountant. And I'm the baby, the mechanical engineer. Mm -hmm. So for all of us, it was nothing else but going, you know, putting God first, as I said, but also going, you know, to school. With my dad, we had two choices when you do something wrong. Either you do a math problem and you solve it and succeed, because if you don't succeed, you get whooped. All you get whooped. So you still had an still option had here. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you may get whooped if things don't go right. Sometimes you will just choose not to do the math problem. Just go through the pen just, at once. Just get just, through it. Let's just get through it. Let's get it over with and just move on. So it's 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 the culture that we grew up right. in. Education was definitely there 
to stay because mm-hmm. for my dad, if you live under my roof, you follow my rules. So we right. just had to abide by these rules, going to school, going to church. As much as I was listening to these things, I did not know that it was registering. In my mind, I was just thinking, ah, this is, you know, I just got to do it because he wants me to do it. Mm-hmm. But now looking back, I have accomplished everything, even though he wasn't there anymore to follow me and make sure that I do it. Otherwise I get punished. But because of what I was taught when I was growing up, again, what I say, train up a child the way he should go when he grow up, he would not depart from it. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they did. They trained us in that way. And so therefore, there we are. It man. was still there. I mean, that had that mindset had to be like valuable for you coming probably in transitioning here to America, right? Yeah. Um, so you said you're a mechanical engineer yeah. right now. So is that completely trained here in America? Or were you kind of looking into that a little bit while you were there too? No, I, I, you know, I was- never knew anything about engineering and mechanical engineering. As a matter of fact, the only reason why I chose engineering is because I couldn't speak English 16, 17 years ago. And so I thought I'm really good at math. And Ooh, math okay. in English is still math. Right, yeah. one, two, three is still one, two, three. So I was excited thinking if I do engineering, then I wouldn't deal with English. And of course, you know, I was wrong because the first <laughs> class was communication, English 111. <laughs> right. It was all about English, which now I realize, hey, I needed the English. But yeah, that's the reason why I went for engineering. I thought that, you know, because I'm good at math and, you know, because I've been already whooped a couple times <laughs> for solving uh, problems and uh, math problems, I felt like I'll be just, you know, it would be natural for me to go through that. Right. No, I, I love that. I, I love the three things you mentioned about that your parents instilled in you about keeping God number one, you know, and then working hard yeah. and doing your work and then being a blessing to other yeah, people. Definitely. And I think, I mean, and I think that order is kind of like the way to do it, you know, because, you know, obviously we put God number one and realize that he gets all the glory, you know, and all the credit. And then making the best of ourselves and putting ourselves in a position once we're there, then to help others, you know, right. um, like I always think of that thing on an airplane, like when the, the, the mask come down, they yeah. always say, put yours on first, exactly. right? Put yours on first. And right. then you can help those around yeah. you. And that mindset of like, Hey, get yourself into a place right. where you're in order and where you can be the biggest blessing to other people. Exactly. And I love that mindset. And yeah. I, I just wish we had more of that kind of mindset. And I love that you got that coming to America. And I feel like that probably was, the biggest thing to help you probably transition once you were here. That is the key. That is the key. I, I, I can tell you right now, if it was not for these three principles, I live my life based on those three principles. I love those three principles. principles. Yeah, I love Unfortunately, that. yes. In the beginning, it wasn't really the case. Uh, just to fair. share a little bit more about it. Yeah. Uh, when I came to America, I realized how America was blessed. I realized, man, how everything you will ever want was in this country. And you know, I started thinking, how can God bless America with so much and yet take everything away from the Congo? Mm. The way I saw it, I saw those electronics that we don't use on the other side. But I took a computer in the computer class and this is what I call a fantasy computer class. We didn't have a computer in front of us. <laughs> it was more of if you were to be sitting in front of a computer, how do you turn it off? And so you right there, you push the on and off button, you push enter, you push. So basically we've learned it without ever seeing a computer. A computer class without exactly. a computer. That is crazy. That's the reality. And then I come here, the very same natural resources that come from the Congo, it's all over the place here. Not only that, even the church experience without a computer does not exist. You got to have projectors here and there. And I'm like, how can God allow 
8 million people to lose life, women being raped, which is what's happening in that eastern mm -hmm. part of the Congo where the rebels invaded uh, those villages, all this destruction in the Congo to bless America. Somehow I felt in my heart that maybe God does not love some people the way he loved others, that maybe God loved America more than he loved the Congo. Maybe God loved the people in America more than he loved me and my family. Mm -hmm. And I honestly really felt that. I grew up knowing that, you know, God created everything and God is love. And, and it wasn't like I had a choice because if you didn't believe in mm -hmm. God and my family, you get whooped, get whooped until yeah. you say, I love Jesus. <laughs> and so obviously we grew up with the idea that, you know, God is everything and God will do everything. And now I'm here as an adult questioning, is he really God love? Is he really so loving that he loves everyone? If that's the case, why would he love America? more than he loves my parents. Mm -hmm. And I honestly felt like I should have been born in America to enjoy this, these blessings from the beginning because that would have been fair. Right. And I remember calling my mom, talking to my mom and I say, mama, I just wanna let you know that I will build you a mansion. Mm -hmm. In the sense I was trying to tell mom that I will fix what I think God got wrong. Wow, because okay. I've seen everything that you guys have done. You gave the clothes off your back to people. You supported folks that you did not even know. And yet God can't even seem to see this. I will fix this. I will provide you with everything that, that you will ever need before you actually uh, leave this earth. In a sense, uh, I, 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 we're having this conversation. I'm telling mom, you can go to school full-time here and go to work full-time, which is something you can't do in mm. the Congo. A full-time school uh, a student you know, in university is occupied all day because even those that graduated don't have a job. So wow. what are you going to do? And so being able to go to school and go to work at the same time and, and pay for your own tuition, which is what I did. I was going to school full-time, working full-time with a side business of selling wow. cars, working on cars, sleeping three hours a day just so I can make it, learn the language and get there. And so I'm telling mom, I'm working hard here and I can go to school full-time, work full-time and, and so that I can provide you with everything right. you needed. That's interesting to think that you're seeing that as a blessing where like here in America, you see people complain about that. You know, like I have to go to school and I have to work. Yeah. And you're seeing this like, I get to go to school and I get to work and still provide and still like help others. You know, that's amazing that the yeah. mindset that's so different from you coming here and seeing that as a blessing to where we see that as a burden. Yeah. The fact that we still have to work no, outside that, of the schooling. That's, that, that's yeah. a pretty good point. The, the, the thing about it is when you have something, you take it for granted. Right. Because you have never seen the other side. I came from the other side and I just did not have it. So I knew how to value these things because I didn't have it. So that's the problem. The sense of entitlement that you find here is just the simple fact that because we have it, we don't realize that when it's gone, mm -hmm. it's a different life. And that's the reason why even the spouse, you you may have a spouse and you're neglecting them because you feel like, hey, you know what? She's here or he's here. And then one day he's no longer there and you realize how important that person was. Mm -hmm. So it's just the same concept. And I think for me, it was the same. Uh, I valued it because I just never had it. Mm -hmm. And so me talking to my mom, my mom just laughed. And I'm like, why are you laughing? I thought, you know, you're gonna be excited don't take it serious and she said son this is the first time that I ever heard you speak or uh, make a sentence with school and work in it 
the reason being is because I was a, that hard-headed kid. I told you I didn't love school at all. I didn't like school at all. Right. I hated school. And if anyone hated my school more than me was my mom because she was always embarrassed going there to find out, Freddie did this, Freddie did that, <laughs> Freddie can't spell this, Freddie can't do this. So it was always really just a bad picture of our family. And my mom had to deal with that. And now she's hearing me telling her, I work full-time and go to school full-time to do this for you. She laughs. She's like, and I was like, Mom, but I'm serious. I really want to. And she said, Freddie, you just missed the whole point. We didn't do this for you to take care of us. We have done our work. We have ran our races. We took care of those that we could take care of, including you. And we set an example for you so that you too can do the same thing for someone else. Mm -hmm. You go there, find out what the needs are, and do something about it. She asked me, do you remember what I told you at the airport? And I say, yes, I do remember that. I grew up with this. Like, are you still putting God first? Mm -hmm. I say, yeah, I'm, you know, I do this church thing every morning. I'm, you know, at church, I'm right. praying. Is that good? Are you working hard? And I say, yes, that's what I'm telling you. I tell you, you I'm working to school, school doing it all. Yeah. And, I'm, and I have a side business sleeping three hours a day. So this is serious. And then she asked me, are you pursuing to be a blessing? That's what I couldn't answer. I mm -hmm. say, I'm not pursuing. This is not a pursuit. This is not something that I want to do every morning. I get to help people. When I met them, I meet them on the street. You need some money, I'll give you. You need Freddie to come through and help you with this, I'll do that. It's not a pursuit for me. And she repeats, she say, you have to do it all together. Put God first in your life. Work as hard as you can and pursue to be a blessing. Mm -hmm. How do you explain that? Because you put God first because he's the one that gave you everything you have. The little talent, the little gift that you have, it comes from God. It wouldn't be uh, something that you have if it wasn't allowed for uh, if it wasn't allowed by God, if it wasn't God that has given it to you. But just as a gift, you have to work hard to develop that gift. Mm -hmm. But the reason why you develop that gift is so that it's not that you can Enjoy that gift yourself. It's like a tree doesn't eat its own fruit. It's for you to bear fruit to be able to help others. So it's mm. the, it's a whole circle. I the, love that. The yeah. whole point is to be a blessing. So you go through all of this, developing yourself to be able to uh, uh, use that, uh, that that gift that God has given you so that you can be a blessing. Mm. And when I heard that, you know, I still, you know, was questioning this whole thing of being blessed. I like, if, if really God blessed, wanted me to be blessed, I should have been born in America. I was still struggling with that. Yeah. So I said, okay, mama, I heard you. You know, thank you because you don't say anything else. You have to, to mama, if it is. <laughs> but deep down, thank like, oh, you. Okay, okay. But deep down, I didn't believe it. Right. Until I worked at the jailhouse. Um, and it was the hardest job I never had. At a jailhouse? Jailhouse, okay. yes. I was working at the jailhouse with inmates. My job was to supervise them to make sure they get their work done. Mm -hmm. um, and and dealing with inmates when you can't speak the language is the, the worst thing. They laughed at me mm -hmm. day in and day out. You, you still hadn't spoken the language at this point? No, I okay. couldn't speak the language at okay. all. I was putting words together, barely. Uh, and they, you know, pronouncing words like never heard for them. <laughs> like, this is just killing English. Uh, but at a certain <laughs> point, I hated that job so much, I, I literally just wanted to quit every time. Uh, but I got to a point where I knew I needed this job to be able to pay for my school, to be able to sustain my life. And, and so I, I made a deal with the inmates. And I said, listen, you teach me how to pronounce a word 
And, uh, you know, you can laugh at me all you want. That's fine. But what I want from you, what I want from you is that you will be able to help me learn how to pronounce these words. As long as you help me how to pronounce these words, I will enjoy you laughing at me. Uh, okay. And so that's where I kind of learned my English is literally. Wow, really? Jail. And yeah. And that's I, when you could take something that could have been seen as a negative thing that could have upset you. You know, I could see easily you being you know, frustrated with that. Like when right. you're making fun of how I'm talking kind right. of thing, you know, but you yeah. turned it around and used it yeah. as a positive to exactly. learn. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, originally I hated it. Right. Yeah. But then when I figure out a way to get something out of it, it's where it became fun. It's yeah. like, all right, that's Let's... good. Y'all my friends. Now you, you teaching <laughs> me something. Uh, but then when we started talking is where, I, I started hearing their stories, right? They would be sharing about, man, you know, I never had a father, you know, because I kept on asking them, how come you don't see the blessings that are in this country? How is it that you're missing the opportunity to actually go to school and become somebody and actually getting a job and being independent? Something that I can't do in my country. I may end up with a whole lot of degrees like my parents and never have a decent job to be able to have a decent life. And that's where they'll share with me. I never had a father. Mm. The word father means source, but also sustainer. That's why we call mm -hmm. God Abba Father, because he's the source of life, but he's also the sustainer of life. That you need a father who will carry you, not only just to be the source, but also to make sure that you become successful. It's at that moment that I realized how blessed I was, that even though I was in the middle of the Congo with no hope whatsoever, at least I thought until I realized that God blessed me with parents that loved me, cared mm. about me, taught me about God that to work hard and to pursue to be a blessing. And everything has changed. And that's why I always tell people, be careful what you're asking for. Because if God would have given me the, what I was asking for to be born in America, I could have ended up in jail because I never asked for good parent. 80% mm. of people that found themselves in jail today come from broken home. Right. And so that's where everything flipped. At that moment, I realized that my life meant so much more than just living for myself. Because the second, my, my new question was no longer why is it that God did not love me? It was why is it that God loved me so much that he has given me this life, this ability to understand that I need education and work hard and I need to put God first so that I can do something. So it had to be something that I needed to do. And that's kind of how I projected myself to now realize, oh, mama was right mm. to talk about work, put God first, to work hard and to pursue to be a blessing. That's where the whole picture came together because I saw people in America who did not have the blessing that I had in the Congo. Wow. So that's kind of, you know, where finally uh, the light bulb started you know, to click a little yeah, bit. Yeah. That's on. amazing to think about how you come to that conclusion by seeing that. Like, because it does seem that like, you know, fatherlessness and broken homes is like one of the honest I think it's the biggest problem we have here in America right now for yeah. you to to see that and for it to click with you like that and how yeah. like you were blessed to have like what things you were blessed with right and take advantage of that and use that to your you know to your your benefit you right. know here in this country right that's great no it's 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 a gift from God right. and and I think that the question that I always have is why is it that maybe not a lot of people appreciate what we have here in America um, it's because at the end of the day, we have it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you don't realize how blessed you are. Let, let me give you an example. Like without the work too. Right. <laughs> we just e have it. Exactly. Right. Let, let me give you an example. Who you are today is 
a direct byproduct of your society. Okay. In other words, if it wasn't for your parent, if it wasn't for the people around you, if it wasn't for those people that made those decisions for you, you wouldn't be the person that you are. But somehow we give ourselves credit because of how hard you work, right? Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm working. I'm better than these people. They don't right. want to work, right? And, and we, we, we start giving ourselves credit because we don't realize that the only reason why you know how to work is because someone trained you to love work the mm -hmm. way you love work or to love God the way you love God. Now the question is, who made the decision to put you in that family? Who made the decision for you to be born in America? Mm -hmm. Who made the decision for you to be in an environment that molds you to the person you are? That takes it back to God. So before you give yourself any credit and look down on someone who ended up in jail because they never had parents, you have to understand that God has blessed you with something that you did not deserve. You did mm -hmm. not apply for it. It's not that you are better than that. We are all, we, we believe that we spirits and then we get flesh, right? We become, we are born in a, in a, in a human flesh, right? We, we, we are heavenly creature in a sense. And if God is the one who's calling the shot of what family to be born in, what, what country to be part of, what, what society to be part of that molds you to who you are, then it's God the glory. And mm -hmm. therefore, it's not for us to be proud of that and say, hey, man, I'm here because I understand things better. Right. If anything, it's not for us to point finger to someone else and say, this guy is always ending up in jail because we don't know how they ended up in a broken family. It wasn't their choice mm -hmm. to be born in a broken family. And it wasn't their choice to be, have no role model whatsoever. One of the reasons why I'm doing mentoring is because of that. There is many young people many young people that are born in broken family that have no other example if it is the negativity and the brokenness around them that literally are led to end up in jail thinking that this is the place they ought to be so that they will have a status in in their neighborhood or or, or so that they can be considered as hard mm -hmm. and yet we didn't have that we were blessed with good parents and for many of you guys, you were blessed in a beautiful country like this that gave you all the opportunities. Mm -hmm. And so until we are aware that it's about God and that God has blessed us for a reason, we will always struggle with this idea of pointing finger to others thinking, oh, they just don't like to work right. or they just don't like to do the right thing because they were more to think that way. Right. And it's God that allowed it for a reason. And the reason is so that you and I who are blessed to be a blessing, to be able to do something for them, to be able to, pro to provide them with the guidance that they didn't have so that they too can get to know God, they too can get to work hard, get, they too can get to use their skills right. they give to be a blessing to I'm others. looking at like and I'm trying to put this together as you're talking that that's I'm really really loving the three things you put in specifically in that order right because I'm thinking of the hard work without God first kind of puts you in that mindset too like you're saying yeah. when you look at other people and you're like oh they just didn't work hard enough exactly you know, if you don't have that God first, that's right. the mindset you're in. Exactly. Like, and we value work, right? You're like right. being on that grind. Like I worked overtime this week. Look at like, it's almost seen as a virtue, you know, without, but without that God first, you don't have that. And, and if you don't have that, you don't look to that final part, that responsibility to go to that person who doesn't have God and to try to put that in their life. And that's how they can get to the hard work. Right. So it's like a cycle of it. And with, exactly. and I really see like anyone without the other 
It, it just doesn't work it, right. It, it doesn't work. I'm loving that. I'm loving that's, hearing you say this fact. and thinking about it, putting it together. That's a that's fact. Great. It is connected. It doesn't work together. Without God, you are just a, a lawyer who will take care or will take advantage of people. You right. are just a politician who will steal money. You are just a businessman who will take advantage of little people. That's literally what it is. Working hard doesn't get you there, right? But mm. at the same time, if we are just Holy Spirit, fill me now and, and just bring food on this table, it's just never going to happen mm-hmm. unless you do some work that's kind of the struggle that I have with many churches I went to uh, to different churches where you know then it becomes this whole spiritual thing God will make a way out of no way without pushing people to work the very first thing that God gave as an assignment to Adam was to work mm-hmm. when he created Adam he gave Adam the the, 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 the instruction to name the animal he gave him an assignment he this said, is hey, it this is your job now it stopped right. right there so it's god first who created adam and then adam in the presence of god who stopped working mm-hmm. in naming animals in other words they work together when you put god first you realize everything i have come from god mm-hmm. i work to be fruitful that's the story of of the creation god telling um adam and eve that god blessed them and then he tell them be fruitful mm-hmm. and multiply and subdue the earth and, and, and have dominion. So literally what he's saying to them, I've blessed you first, you have it now, but be fruitful. It takes work to be fruitful in order for you to multiply and use that to be able to actually impact the right. world. If you look at Jesus, it's the same thing. Jesus had a, a, a seed inside of him, that seed is salvation. He was fruitful in the way that he produced salvation for every one of us. And then he multiply in a way that he actually had disciple that he trained so that they can go into the world and make disciples. Mm-hmm. And now the name of Jesus is above all name. He subdued the earth. It's the same mentality. When yeah. you understand the Bible, when you understand God, when you understand the principle of God and the, the importance of work and why we do all this, then you know that it leads you to use your gift, to use the seed that was developed to be fruitful so that people can actually enjoy that fruit. Right. I and love the that. Bible also says that God is uh, glorified by us being the ones that are producing the fruit. Mm-hmm. So that glorifies God. It's not just the song that we sing at church. It's <laughs> the work that we do to be fruitful, to impact the world that glorifies God. Exactly. And I love like what you're talking about. Like it has to be an intentional thing. Yeah. Right. You know, like and it goes back to there was a word you used earlier your, when the conversation with your mother pursuit are you pursuing the blessing right you could be a blessing like you said anyone comes like you said if someone comes to me and asks for help sure i'll give them help you know but how many of us actually go out of our way looking for it and it's easy to have that mindset right because we're so self-centered and selfish in our thoughts and in our own little world if anyone comes into it sure but how many of us actually look outside of that and pursue the blessing right that's i love that no that's the key that's what my mom wanted to emphasize mm-hmm. because I kept on saying, yeah, you know, I go, I do this church thing. Right? I'm also working hard. Yeah, I'm helping. And she most said, people no, feel like that's fine, right? right like, that's exactly, good enough. Exactly. Know? Right. And, and what she's wanted me to understand is that the value of my life had to do with the service. Mm. And if, and that's the purpose, basically, purpose, yeah. of my life. And and what makes Jesus uh, so uh, successful is that he knew his purpose. The Bible said the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, to serve. and give his life as a ransom for many. So he already knew that my job here 
is to serve. Yeah. Which means same for us. Our job is to serve. Right. But you can't help until you are able to help. Right. right? Jesus is the perfect example of serving. Right. Right? Like he was the perfect example exactly. of it. Yeah. Right. But you, you got to work it out, right? Mm-hmm. You got to be in the position where you can't help, right? Like if you look at our preachers today, they have to go to school and learn this text mm-hmm. so that they can be able to serve. And and, and I know that's, that's an, uh, um, uh, a context that we understand. Yeah, the pastor has to study and learn their, their ability to uh, divide the word of God properly. But then we forget that even in life, whatever it is that you do, it requires work, the very same work so that you can use it like me today as an engineer but use my abilities and gift that I develop in working hard so that I can use it to be a blessing to someone to be able to impact someone's mm-hmm. life and give them value so that they too can understand that God loved them they too can work hard and they too can also continue to be a blessing and right. so that's the cycle that continues as you impacting people they too are impacting people by serving God and God gets the glory in the end right that's amazing so that just leads into perfectly some of the stuff I wanted to hear a lot about your ministries that you have going on because I know you've done stuff in the Congo I don't know if you're still continuing to do that or how, I mean, we can go to how COVID's affected that. What are some of the, you mentioned being a mentor. Just tell me a little bit about some of the things you're involved in. So beautiful. So just to connect to the entire story, when, when I was going through this, this understanding of, okay, I guess I'm not, I'm no longer the cursed one because there's people that have a worse (laughs) situation than me. They're in jail. How do I then go about being a blessing to them? How do I do what my mom told me to do? So that's where I started thinking about what do I have? What is it that I've learned and how can I use it to be a blessing? Because you can only offer what you have. And God has already given us so much and sometimes we just look to do things that are out of our abilities when God has already given us so many abilities to use. Mm -hmm. I I realized that just even just my story can encourage someone can encourage the young people who think that they don't have what it takes to make it an American to, hey man, listen, I couldn't even speak this language. Or even, it, not even someone coming to America, just right. an American exactly. here. Exactly, right. Yeah. You know, to, to, to impact people and say, man, if I came to America, I'm able to speak the language and I'm able to do all of this, I know you can do better mm-hmm. than me. So that's where the mentoring idea came to me, where I felt like, now imagine if I can do that, then all these people that are also blessed by God, who uh, who have received a family that mold them to who they are, that taught them to put God first, that taught them to that hard work pays. If we can earnest all of this, get these people out of the church during the week to hang out with some of these kids before they end up in prison, mm-hmm. then we can allow them to actually see something different. Because unfortunately, they they are affected by the possibilities that they see. And many of them disqualify themselves because they've never seen an engineer before. Mm -hmm. They've never seen a doctor before. They've never seen a servant of God that does X, Y, and Z before because all they've seen is the mediocrity and the brokenness of their neighborhood, of their families. So that's where the mentoring came uh, about. But at the same time, at the very same moment, I started thinking about what my mom did. She went from place to place, from home to home, as a nurse, to be able to help 
people that couldn't afford to go to expensive hospitals. And there were there is like little clinics in the neighborhoods, mm-hmm. and those are unfortunately ran by uh, self-proclaimed clinicians who really don't know much, hmm. and a lot of people are losing their lives there because wow. these people don't know what they're doing, and 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 the situation is just mediocre. Where you you can imagine a surgery happening on a wooden table by an open window just so that they can see what they're doing. So many people are dying in these conditions. And I say, wow, if we could build a place, a hospital, a clinic where we can have more people to come there to be help that will be such a blessing Mm -hmm. and that will be so much better than one person going from one place to another in order for them to uh to be able to help people so these are the two visions that god gave me Mm -hmm. at that time uh while i was still in charlotte back there still going to school still working i thought about the clinic on one side and i thought about the um, uh the the mentoring a clinic back home and then the mentoring young people here yeah exactly uh but unfortunately I was still going to school, right? I was still doing this work hard uh, to become all that God created me to be. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like, man, okay, that's good, good ideas, but there's nothing I can do right now. I'm, I'm, I'm working full time. And then I graduated um, on, on 2007, I think. Find my first job, was really busy with my job. Obviously, I couldn't really do anything in the ministry. And so I was like, let me just, you know, kind of settle down. And then as <laughs> soon as everything works out, then I'll dive back in and serve God. Uh, and that never really happened. Uh, I lost that job in 2008. The recession was bad. Right. 2008, I found another job. 2009, I lost that job again. And, and I started being anxious. Now I'm thinking, what's going on? And at, at that same time, I had a a, 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 a car accident. I, uh, I also had a surgery on my vocal cord because I was recording an album and mm. I kind of overdid it. I was doing concert everywhere. Oh, wow. That's why uh, you're not singing no more. That's right why I, I don't okay. sing that well like I used yeah. to. Uh, and so a lot of things were just coming down crushing and right. I just couldn't understand that my business also went under because I was uh, focused on an entry-level position as an engineer and I had someone else manage uh, my car dealership and the person sold cars and didn't tell me and by the time I got back to try to save my business it was too late everything was going wrong right. so I called my mom and I say well I don't understand what's going on and she's like you know I you know things happen you know and all things God work for the good of those that love him and have been called according to his purpose say there is a reason why mm-hmm. God is having you go through that and she went through the very same questions again do you remember what I told you at the airport? <laughs> I was like the yeah things, exactly yeah. <laughs> are you putting God first I was like yes I am I'm you know, I'm going to church and doing all that. And it's like, are oh, you working as hard as you can? I was like, exactly. I had all these things that I've been doing. It's all work. And then she asked me the, the third again, are you pursuing to be a blessing? I'm like, I just, you know, I've been pretty busy <laughs> trying to get things going. Right. You know, I'm not really there. She said, like, as soon as, as long as you put those principles in your life, you'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. And so at that time, I was, again, in Charlotte. Uh, I decided to... Uh, stop pursuing to find a job and take um, some exams that engineers take. There's two exams, the EIT, engineering training, and then the PE, professional engineering. So the engineering training is what I wanted to work on because I felt like without qualification, I kept on losing my job. And Mm. so that's what I did. As I was preparing, I get a phone call from Fresno. A guy calls me, find my resume online, uh, and he reached out to me. From Charlotte? Yeah, from from Charlotte, calling me in Charlotte. 
Um, and he's like, uh, my name is so-and-so. I'm the COO of this business. Um, I found your resume out of 400, and I felt like just calling you. And I'm like, okay, sir, I don't know how you find my resume <laughs> interesting because I'm not even looking for a job. Maybe you find my old resume when I got laid off for the first time, but I'll be willing to send you my most up-to-date mm-hmm. so we can continue this conversation. He's like, no problem. So I send my most up-to-date, and then he called me back. He's like, I want you to talk to another engineer if you don't mind. He was like, no problem. So the other engineer calls me to check on my technical abilities so I was able to defend myself. And so they decided, okay, great, uh, we are going to um, go talk to the boss and see if we can get you hired. And I'm like, where is Fresno? Never heard of that. <laughs> no knows where Fresno is. like, uh, yeah, Fresno, do you know the Bulldogs? I'm like, yeah, some type of dogs, right? I'm like, no, no, no. It's, you know, <laughs> do you college watch team. college yeah. football and, and basketball? I'm like, man, I couldn't even speak the language. I've been busy going to school full-time working for that. I never had time to even know what those games are. So <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't. I like, okay, uh, it's right there in the center of, of, um, of California. Like, I, I know LA, San Diego, San Francisco, all these big things, but right there in the middle I thought it was a black hole man. I just <laughs> I just never knew what was there and so they explained it to me where they are I'm like okay let's move forward so they went to talk to the CEO and said hey, listen we find this resume online uh, of a guy in Charlotte we would like to bring him in the man go ballistic are you kidding me when is uh, the last time you find anything true online? Do you uh-huh. really think this guy has a degree? And even if he has a degree, do you think he's capable? So he made assumption about me because he just felt like, oh, this guy who's originally from Africa in Charlotte, these guys never met him. This is not going to work. It's like, how do you do business like that? And so he decided, he says, you know, I need to talk to him myself. Like, okay, no problem. That's the number. So he calls me and said, this is so-and-so president, CEO of this company. I'm here with these guys. They're telling me, I shall hire you. My question to you, why should I hire you? Mm -hmm. And I already knew at that moment that there is nothing I can say to convince this guy. Mm -hmm. And so I told him, I said, sir, Mr. President, see you. I just want to say thank you so much that you even took the time to call little me, to be honest. Five years ago, and back then it was five years, uh, I was given the greatest blessing of my life to come to this country. And I had to work hard day in and day out to learn this language and to get this degree so that I can deserve your phone call today. If it wasn't for that, you wouldn't have called me today. And all I'm asking you is another opportunity. Not that I'll be the best engineer you never had, but I would definitely be an asset for your organization. And the man goes like, let me call you back. You hung up on me. <laughs> and so he talks to these guys. He's like, I still, my gut is telling me this is the wrong person. He, he, he's an imposter. I guarantee you something is wrong with him. He's like, that's the guy we spoke with. If you want to uh, give us another reason why you don't want it, you tell us. Mm-hmm. And so he decided to come up with a plan and calls me back and say, you know what? I decided to hire you. I said, thank you, sir. He's like, no, don't say thank you. You haven't heard the condition. I told him, sir, I've asked you for an opportunity. That's what you're giving me. Regardless of your condition, I appreciate the opportunity. He's like, here's the condition. You figure out a way to get here. We're not going to pay you for, uh, uh, we're not going to pay you like an engineer. We're going to pay you this much, which was nothing compared to what an engineer makes. And we're not going to hire you uh, until uh, a 90, 120 probation period. Um, and so you figure out a way to get here, and then we can continue this conversation. And I told him, thank you, sir. I appreciate the opportunity. I was like, what? Are you coming? He's like, yes, sir. I'll be there in two weeks. <laughs> You'll be here in two weeks. He said, yes, I'll be there in two weeks. 
how I see you in two weeks, he <laughs> said sarcastically, <laughs> right. as if he thought Still I was not expecting kidding. you to come. No, yeah. not at all. And so I went to my fiance wife today and my brother and said, hey, man, I'm going to California. They're like, uh, are you okay? Like, who do you know? That, like, no, I don't know anyone. This guy I talked to on the do phone? you have a job? He's like, no, I don't have a job. Like, so why are you going there? And I said, there's a person who judged me based on the cop of my book yeah. who's thinking that I do not qualify to for whatever he's got over there. I'm just going there to prove a point, and then I'll come back. And that was my plan. Wow. So I drove. I left my house in Charlotte. I left my Totally not expecting this brother. to work out. Just Not at all. I just came to prove a point. I love the adventure. Okay. So uh, to me, I was laughing. I'm like, I left the Congo, couldn't speak the language, and came to this country. You think you will just... Just get rid of me by giving me something, you know, a, a proposition that is just, you know, out of out of the ordinary <laughs> and thinking, oh, yeah, I've just said thanks, but no thanks. Saying, no, I'm just going to come there and prove you that because I knew what he wanted. Right. He wanted me to give up at that point. And to me, it would have been too easy for me to, you know, just accept and say, sir, I'm sorry, but mm. I don't need that. So I just came to prove a point. And then, I, you know, I was planning to come back. So I showed up. He was like, oh, you here? He was like, yes, sir, I'm here. He's <laughs> like, uh, so, okay, um, I'm still not going to be very comfortable putting you in front of my clients, but whatever you want. And I was like, listen, sir, I'm here to work. I'm just going to take my time to do my work, and uh, you will see what happened. And so for six months, I was renting a bedroom. Left my house in Charlotte. Renting a bedroom by Fresno State with students partying all night. And literally <laughs> just so that I can make that point to him. Right. Showed up, did my work. Six months after, I came to him with my resignation letter uh, because I already had an offer uh, back from my, in Charlotte from my old job because I was one of the last they let go and they really wanted me back. Right. Uh, but the recession was really hard. And not only that, I was also going back to get married. So I told him, sir, uh, I just wanted to say thank you for the opportunity. I wanted to let you know that I am going back to Charlotte uh, and I'm getting married and I'm not going to be able to come back and put my wife in the condition that I'm living in. He said, what do you mean you're living? He's like, yeah, I got to go. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's like, okay, so uh, what is it going to take for you to stay? I was like, okay, if you want me to stay, then you have to meet this number, which is exactly what they're paying me over there. Um, if you can do that, great, then I will definitely come back. But until then, I'm not staying for this. See you later. <laughs> I know that you gave me this deal because you didn't think that I will accept this. Because I know people getting uh, their fair paid to just go and interview for a job and just to let them know, oh, sir, we chose someone else. Don't come back. Mm -hmm. And yet you gave me a job without paying for all these things. So you didn't really want me here. So I get that. Uh, and I, I, I did what I was supposed to do. Uh, and so it's up to you. Either you pay me this or I'm going. Um, and so he's like, why are you asking for so much? You're too young. I'm like, it <laughs> has nothing to do with age. I already had two opportunities for entry level job. This is not an entry level for me. It was just an opportunity to prove you that you were wrong about me. Mm -hmm. He's like, okay, let me think about it. So he went to talk to other engineer and the other engineer basically told him, hey, we need Freddie because there is so much going on mm -hmm. and he can definitely help. So he came back and gave me um, the exactly what I've asked for the letter saying, okay, you're going to be paid this much. And that's I great. Said, thank you, sir. I'll and see that's you how in you two weeks Fresno, because huh? I still got to go back. So yeah, that's how yeah. I stayed in Fresno. Right. I love and, that. I love just in general, quick, like there's two things about that that I love. The fact that you were able in a situation to want to prove yourself. Right? I feel like so many people here, especially once you graduate from college, you feel that entitlement to that job 
that dream job at that pay you want. But no, you were saying, I'm willing to get here and just show my worth and work for it, right. you know, kind of thing. And then also that you were willing to go to the opportunity, you know, right. or to show what you right. could do, you know? Right. And I think the two, like the mindset nowadays is just like the opposite of that, right. right? You get that education or you think that you're entitled to that one job right. without having to work your way up to it. And that, that example, I, I love that, that you were able to travel, show what you're willing to do and start from a place to prove yourself. Right. You know? Right. You know, the word even opportunity means open door. Right. And 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 sometimes it's not even an open door, it's an open window. Mm. The question is <laughs> would you be it. willing <laughs> to go in it? Yeah. Regardless of the condition. I think that changes everything. If if you are willing because that open door is not open for too long, mm-hmm. would you be willing to jump in and prove your worth? Because People pay you based on your value. Mm-hmm. They pay you based on the leverage. They always say that you don't get what you deserve, you get what you have leverage for. Mm-hmm. So you gotta build the leverage first right. so that the person knows, okay, you have something that I want and so therefore I see your worth here. Instead of expecting people to just, you know, with that sense of entitlement that yeah, they will respect me because I got a, di- a, a, a title or I, because I got a degree. So that's kind of what I grew up with, mm-hmm. man. It's, it's you know, you, you gotta you gotta build leverage. And so that's kind of what I created uh, with, with uh, my old boss. Uh, he didn't really like it because <laughs> I, I kind of put my foot on his neck, you know, now that I had the opportunity to do so. And so that's how I ended up um, here, in uh, here in Fresno uh, but the reason why I went through the story is just number one just to show you how much God has done in my life right, right? all this opportunity from this hard headed kid who never had a chance to make it to have the opportunity to come to America the, the all the lessons that I've learned from being this child um, um, with my parents teaching me to put God first to work hard to pursue to be a blessing the, the full circle of how God has been working placing things in front of me opportunity even to work at the jail and to see the brokenness and to develop this vision there is something that God was doing to a point where I can't stand here and tell you I made it because I was so good I was so smart because how do you orchestrate someone funding your resume out of 400 (laughs) resume and and out of this whole world research that he was doing in uh, in in the internet just to fall on my resume, mm. and it wasn't the most impressive at all. <laughs> I only had a year of experience in that resume, right. so it just, just tells goes, you. They go, I'm sorry, but it just goes like you were saying that that window got open. Right, that's the God thing. Exactly. But then the hard work was you taking advantage of that. Exactly. And knowing that it's a God thing, right. and not relying on yourself. Right. Exactly. I think so many times we see opportunities, and if we don't understand it, or if we don't understand why this guy chose me right. to look at the interview, right? What am I gonna do with it? Or like you saying the same thing when you were working at the jail, you know, people could have saw that as like a negative experience, but right. you were able to turn that into something knowing exactly. how God, that little window, right. you don't quite understand it, but you're willing to take, take your effort right. matched with what God put exactly. you in. Exactly. Yeah. You gotta make that first step, man. You gotta yeah. make that first step. You gotta ask God. That's scary though. It is. That is so scary. It is. Yeah. Imagine Peter. Yeah. Oh, Imagine him stepping into the water, right? Mm-hmm. It is scary. But if you fix your eyes on Jesus, mm. then you know nothing the is impossible. Mm. Exactly. Nothing is impossible. And that's why I always repeat, man, sometimes our prayers are too small. Because God created the universe with his word. 
And do you think that what you're asking can be too hard? Nothing is too hard for God. Mm-hmm. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can think or imagine by the power that is already at work within us. So can you imagine so exceedingly abundantly above mm-hmm. all that you can think or imagine? So literally, it's one step higher and you still can't make it. Right. What it is that he can do for us. We limit ourselves you know, exactly. to our understanding. Like, you know, if you don't understand it, like we ask God to give it, like you said, we're asking for God's right. work in our lives. Instead of God, where are you working? How can exactly. I be a part of that? Right. We just limit him right. to our own understanding. Right. And sometimes we ask God for what we can do. Right. Instead of asking God for what God can do. Mm-hmm. Because there's no limits to that. Mm-hmm. And yet we limit ourselves thinking, oh, yeah, I can just do this. If you can just give me this job, oh, that would be great. God wants to give you the world. Give me that job, then I can exactly. do those. Things. And, and right. that mindset is like, I never, I'm more the junior high youth pastor at my church. And until I got that mindset, I never did that. Mm-hmm. Right? I honestly felt like God was calling me to do this for a long time. But I always felt like I didn't have the talents to do that. I didn't have the the speaking abilities. I wasn't sure if I was knowledgeable enough to be the example, right? But it was really a conversation I had with a, another youth pastor where he says, "Stop! It's not about you, you know. Get that mindset away where it's not about what you and what you could do. It's what God's doing. Until you're able to put that aside and take that leap of faith, that first step you're talking about, right. you know, it's." you're not going to be that blessing to others. It's not about how you're going to do it. It's about how God's going to work through you. And until I was able to do that, I wasn't able to to be the blessing that I feel like I'm trying to do now, but realizing, like you said, it's not about me. It's about God. Yeah. No, it's God who's doing it. We are just a tool. Yeah. Right. If he's the one doing it, I can do all things of Christ that gives me strength. To Mm -hmm. be honest, that statement is really God can do all things through me. Because it's his strength that is doing the work, not us. Right. It's so humbling and nice to see that, though, when you see something get accomplished yeah. that you you feel like you had nothing to do with. Exactly. You know, right? I was just along for the ride for yeah. God. You know, and that's that faith thing. You know, God, yeah. what can, where can I be? Like you said, where can I work with what you're working with? Yeah. And that is such a humbling thing, but that's so hard for us to understand as humans. Exactly. Right. And even if even if you say you're a believer, you're not, you know, how do you taking that leap of faith is so hard. Yeah. Like it's easier yeah. said than done. Yeah. No, when, when I look at my life and where I'm at today, even just talking to my mom, mm-hmm. she's like, I, I can't believe that's you. Yeah. Right. And then I can say, yeah, it's definitely not me. Cause <laughs> it's God. Yeah. Cause I, I can't tell if you take me back to where I was, when I was living the Congo and say, do it all over again. I wouldn't know how to. Mm. How do I go you, That's not your plan. No. Yeah. No. I had no plan whatsoever <laughs> coming to America. Not even the sense in my pocket. Right? But yet God placed so many blessings. Even the opportunity of that job at the jail. It wasn't something that I planned on. It, it, God led me to it where mm. someone just gave me an information and I show up at the jail and all of a sudden I was hired. And even when I was hired, I wasn't supposed to be hired because you, know, you have to be 21 years old to work at the jail. And I was 20 years old and I was uh, a couple months away from mm. uh, my birthday. Okay. Um, and so uh, the, 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 the guy in charge, you know, spoke to me, couldn't even speak the language. I was just struggling, trying to 
make two sentences together saying, hey, man, I just need a job so I can pay for my tuition. Mm -hmm. And that got his heart that he went and asked for special permission to allow me to start at 20. Mm -hmm. And that and, and the captain of the jail told him, you know, the responsibility is on you if anything happened to him. Right. And this guy put his neck on the line for me so that I can start that job. Right. So getting that job was God's thing. Is it not even just like how God was working in their, those people's lives, right. right? You know, like you said, it, whether it's the guy at the jail or the guy making the phone call or talking to the CEO to give you that opportunity, it's got to work in so many ways that oh, we yeah. don't even understand, oh, yeah. you know, like oh, yeah. in someone's life or in a situation that they were like interacting with someone else, right. who, they were in the mood that day mm. when you came into their lives yes. for them to allow that opportunity for yeah. you. That's amazing. No, actually the beautiful thing about it is that God has already worked it out. Mm -hmm. It's not that he is working. It's done. Yeah. It's already done. The Bible says that I, you know, my plan was stand. Like, you know, I, I know the end from the beginning. Like before you even begin, God already knows the end. Right. So what we living today, God already knows the end. Mm -hmm. It's already been set. It's just that our faith allows us to connect to what God has already plan for us already set up for us mm -hmm. so that's really what led me here and and i was responding to your question and say how did i start with the mentoring has mm -hmm. i came here and you know i got busy with life i got busy because i was now married you know i didn't really have much time anymore because i found out when you get married it's no longer your time mm -hmm. so i negotiated with my wife uh i just need two hours because i love to go to the gym so you give me two hours after work i will go to the gym and i come back and uh and i'll mean i'll be all yours right and so then uh when when I came back one day when we had our first child. As soon as I walked at the door, uh, she handed me the baby. I'm like, you forgot our deal. I got two <laughs> two hours. It's right. like, your deal is gone right now. I've been with your child all day and things kind of changed. It's like every single day was complication after mm -hmm. complication. And I felt like I just don't have time to serve God. I just don't have time to serve God. But God continued to remind me, but I just never really got there. Like I knew that everything I have came from God, but at the same time, I started feeling pursuing the American dream mm -hmm. is something that leads you to think that, hey, God gave me the opportunity. So therefore, obviously he wanted me to be here. You know, if he wanted me to do mentoring, he would have given me the time. He's mm -hmm. just not giving me the time. And in 2013, we had an accident. We went from we went uh, to LA and we were coming back because I was helping a friend to have um, this this uh, this event. As we were coming back, uh, it was late at night. My stomach was hurting. My, my my whole entire body was just shaking. I wasn't feeling well. My wife was pregnant with my second son, mm -hmm. and my 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 firstborn was sitting in the back. And when we just got 20 minutes away from home in '99. I was drifting away from the road and my wife saw it. She screamed and I overturned, pulled the, mm, the steering of wine yeah. and it made it, it made it worse. And then I overturned, I overcorrected again and the car flipped twice mm. and handed up on the other side of the road. And I would tell people, if you ever want an accident, you want my kind of accident. Because what happened at that moment, even though it flipped so fast, it was so slow for me that I realized, wow, I was losing everything that I had. Mm -hmm. And when we ended up on the other side of the road, uh, the, we ended up upside down, but we did not stop in the road because 
Another car could have, you know, taken us out because the battery was out. It was all completely dark. And we called the 911. The ambulance came. And it turns out all of us were fine. Mm. And at that point, I realized, wow, all this time I've been working so hard. And I realized that a dream is just a dream that you can wake up one day. It's gone. And I was working for this American dream, mm. thinking that it would get me somewhere. And yet God is telling me that my life is literally in his hand. And when I'm telling him, I don't have time for you. He just made me realize I can make time for you. You <laughs> yeah. want me to take everything away so that you realize that you ought me something. This is where I realized that all this time I was not even right with myself, responding to mom that I was putting God first because I thought going to church was putting God first. And then I realized that my entire life had to reflect putting God first. Do I put God first throughout the week? Or is it about my work? Or is it about just serving my family and this is it? And that's where everything turned into his head, where I knew that I had to do something. God reminded me how hard I worked for the, my gym time. Mm -hmm. When my wife told me that I can't do my gym after work anymore, I started working up, waking up early in the morning mm -hmm. so I can go to the gym. Priorities. And then yeah. she, and we had another baby, and then she started working because she hasn't worked for almost five years. Because the first pregnancy, she was having some issues. And so I asked her, you know, I don't work. Don't just stay home. Don't go to school. You know, let's go through this and then you'll get back. Because now she was ready to go to work and go to school. And so she was always tired. So I had to take care of the baby in the morning. I couldn't get away anymore. Mm. And so I decided, you know what? From now on, I will take my lunchtime. Instead of going to eat, I will go to, uh, to the gym and work out. Mm -hmm. And God made me realize this is how hard you work for yourself. To get time for Jim. And yet when I'm asking you to do something for me, you always have excuses. And that's at that point that I realized I had to do something. And that, that's where we came out with the, uh, the, uh, the lunchtime mentoring. Okay. So I went from church to church, connected with passion. And I said, listen, I just need people that can hang out with kids during lunchtime. Just to tell them, man, I love you. I care about you. I know you can realize something. I know you're worth something. I know you may not feel that way, but if I will take my time to leave my work, to come and hang out with you, is to show the value that you have mm. so that we can change the way they think. Sometimes we're always trying to change the way they behave, but if you just change behavior, you create hypocritical people. Mm. But if you change the way they think, automatically you change the way they believe and automatically their behavior will follow. So that's how we started the mentoring. We connected with different churches and we had people going. And on the clinic side, uh, as I moved it to Real quick about, about that. So how does so, so how does that work? I kind of want to like talk about that for a second. Sure. So is, is it just you started it? What organization is this through? Or is no, it just you personally I, going I to churches? I started the organization. Okay. Uh, the, the name of the organization is United for the Future. United for okay. Uh, the reason why we, we we came out with the name is because. I understand that it will take all of us, right? That's mm -hmm. why we say it takes a village to raise kids. Mm -hmm. It will take all of us. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter, you know, what church you go to. It doesn't matter your 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 social status. It will take all of us to change the world, mm -hmm. especially to take care of the next generation. And that's the responsibility of a generation. If we do not take care of the next generation, then we as a generation has failed. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we always say, oh man, this next generation is messed up <laughs> but what we don't understand is we mess them up right. because we miss the opportunity to train them up in the right way so that when they grow up they do not depart from You're it so so easy to criticize instead of helping exactly right, yeah. right. 
The question is always, what are you doing? We as Christians, we have two things we do. We pray, and we do pray, and that's good to pray. But then we criticize. So it's <laughs> like, that's, you know, either, you know, I'll pray for you, but I'm not doing anything. Mm. And sometimes when we pray, we say, God, do something. And God says, yes, I already did something. I created you. I put how you there. How about you do something? Yeah. You know, this, that's how I felt. It was heavy on my heart that it was time for me to do something. Because, yes, I'm there for my kids. Beautiful. Great. But you know what, John Doe, who doesn't know God, is also there for their kids. If all I can present to God and say, uh, you are a Christian, I bless you with all this. What did you do? Oh, yeah, I took care of my kids. This guy who didn't know me did the same thing. Mm -hmm. This is what society expects us to do. That's the basic. But what God is expecting us to do is to expand on what society expects us to do and to go and love those that do not love us. In the book of, of Luke, the Bible says, if you only love those that love you, what credit is that for you? Because even mm. those that don't know God do the same thing. So at a certain point, you really want to love those that don't love you or can't pay you back mm. so that your love actually will now mean something. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Right. He died on the cross when we were still dead in our transgression, when we were still rebels, running away from God. So that's really the whole point. And so we started the mentoring. It was presented in different churches and we got people uh, and, and I will basically just be in every school. I had different groups in each school and I will basically every day of the week take my lunch in different school, hanging out with kids, hanging out with mentors. And, and man, we've seen a lot of kids changing their behavior just because they have someone that cares about right. them. So you just go to churches and like you talk to churches and try and find volunteers right. to kind of right. help you with so this? We, oh, I, I sat down with a lot of pastors. Some were not too excited about it, <laughs> you know, because it wasn't really something they, you know, they can put their name on it or something that they were really interested in doing. But other churches were really all in it. And uh, and we, we started, the first time we started, it was only with 10 mentors. Uh, and then uh, after that, then we took that same video uh, that we created with the 10 mentors sharing their experience or how they were blessed to be a blessing. They mm -hmm. didn't realize that they will be so blessed to just be in the life of these kids and see them doing better. And so that's how we were able to get more people. But of course, you know, we've been doing it for five years, uh, six years it would have been with 2020, but with the shutdown, we basically... Say, if you just had to basically completely just put a halt to this for a year... This, this ministry like you just haven't been able to do anything what was that this 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 time period during right. covid right. have you just not been able to do really no anything I, I was i was what actually what talking, able to do yeah no i was actually talking to um the principals uh we can't really because since kids are meeting online we can't really get into that because then you're giving access to anyone mm -hmm. uh to connect with kids online that that <laughs> that's a little <laughs> different doors but we've been kind of planning with the schools because a lot of kids are really going through some some serious traumatic situation especially now i feel like they're the ones struggling the most with this situation yes it's yeah. it's it's you know there's a lot of kids that are really facing i was talking to a principal was sharing with me uh that some kids would not even be able to get online and if there were they don't even have a room to do it mm -hmm. and even sometime when they do it you hear cuss word going back and forth because the environment is just right. toxic i saw some statistic it was like something high like 30 40 percent of kids never logged on once like in an entire school year. Yeah. <laughs> like no, think about that. That's an entire year just wasted away. Yeah. No, it's been very bad. And so that's speaking with the schools, they are just preparing for um, 2021, uh, 2021, 2022 yeah, the school year, year to see how 
we will need more mentors really because those kids will be more than ever very, man, coming yes, back from this exactly wow yeah. so uh, how can people get involved with it? do you have like a, a website or like yeah, a, we a Instagram have a website. or anything like the, that the website is u4f.com u number four uh -huh. f.com and you know you can also find me on facebook and anywhere <laughs> and just you know send me a message uh but yeah definitely uh we need anyone who just wants to be a blessing to some of these young people just to hang mm. out with them it's nothing crazy you we, we we made it so easy that it's just be you just like right. you and i are sitting here and talking just share your life share your experience and hear what this kid has to say and try to respond to that and we do it in a in a group setting so mm -hmm. that we all in the same room to avoid any complication um and, and it's a safe place for the kids and safe place for the mentors um to just connect with the kids and just right. to be a blessing for them that's amazing i mean and it, and like you said it's 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 amazing to see how little can go a long way with these kids. Yeah. Right? You think like and, and like I said, that was the thing that held me back, thinking that I was going to have to know the answer right. to everything and be so inspirational and in everything I said with every kid. Sometimes it's just spending time with them, whether yeah. it's playing a game or just asking them how their days go. Yeah. <laughs> the simplest things yeah. can no, go a long had way. Kids man. just crying because someone said, "Man, I love you." Yeah, it's like I just never heard someone telling me that. Yeah, I was like, I was actually, um, like I said, I'm a junior high youth pastor right now, but um, when I was going through college, I worked at an after school program in uh, Pinedale. I don't yeah. know if you yeah. And like, it was so crazy how attached a kid can get to you with oh, just yeah. an hour a day of you helping yes. them with their homework. Yes. The littlest things. And it, like, it, like I said, it's, it's so humbling. And it's like, it's heartbreaking in a way too, because you see what these kids are dealing with and what you could do. But like, the, the um the blessing you get from it and seeing yes. how god can work through you in the yes. littlest ways is amazing oh yeah and i love that this sounds amazing what you're doing i hadn't heard of it before i know there's a lot of programs that schools go through but um man i hope this can be amazing for you going forward yeah. in 2021 no we, we we made it simple because i know just like me we are busy man yeah. you got a family you got a job we, we got so much going on and so we didn't want this to be a burden to anyone who's willing to serve that they feel like i gotta prepare for this i gotta do all these things we just wanted them to show up just show up mm -hmm. be there and just listen and be willing to just respond uh in a wise way and just be that caring adult that they need because the social emotional uh, part of learning is huge. If mm -hmm. the kid is not well set in his mind, he's not going to do well or she's not going to do well academically speaking. Mm -hmm. So academic depend on social emotional. And the beautiful thing about us Christian is that we have the love of God to give. We may not be able to um, to share the gospel openly, but when we say these things, we tell these kids, oh, where you come from? Hey, we come from this church. Mm -hmm. The reason why we do this because we know that there's a God that loves me, and that's the reason why I love you. And all of a sudden, it triggers something right. in their mind. And even if it's not in that moment, that can come back later you know yeah, like they can see exactly. that love that you showed them oh yeah and when they're going through something later on down the road right. i mean that's one of those things as especially working with youth that you have to think about right because you don't always see the change instantly right. you know like i see kids that come in and out of my youth group or in, like i said over there and you just kind of hope that something you did at some point will click or that something that because that's god working through them right exactly. you know you're just planting a seed right. at some point and it could get um 
it could get a little demoralizing at times oh, yeah. and not to see you think you're putting work in and a right. kid's not, you don't see the step right. four that they're taking, right. but that can come at any moment right. and you got to like have that kind of mindset yeah. going into it. No, the growth has everything to do with God, not us. Yeah. Sometimes we want to see the result as if we are the one determining the result It's God and the way he does it, it could be today. Mm-hmm. It could be 10 years down the road. That kid will look back and say, man, if it wasn't for the things that this guy told me, I wouldn't be the person that I am. And mm-hmm. you may never even hear about it, but God knows about it right. because you've done the work. So that's really the concept behind the program. And it's been so amazing to see how some of these kids were just blessed to have someone that can tell them, I love you. And, right. and what was major to me was that it broke even the barrier of Hostility, because some of these kids came into uh, the room with the idea that the person that doesn't look like me doesn't love me. And now they have a person who looks completely different from them, who shows up not because they paid, just because they care. (coughs) Excuse me. Mm -hmm. Just because they care about them. And then all of a sudden, it clicks on their minds. Wow. They do care, right? And if they go back to their neighborhood, someone tells them, oh, yeah, people that look like that doesn't look like you don't love you. They can say, I know John. John mm. shows up. John does this. That's why it, it gets to me when we make the, the ministry of reconciliation as a meeting. Oh, yeah, we're going to have racial reconciliation. No, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. This has already been done. The mindset you were talking about. Right. Yeah. This has already been done. God already reconciled us to each other. And reconcile us to God. And so therefore we have to live it. By living it is when the reconciliation happened. So that's that's what the mentoring has been about. And to me, mentoring is discipleship. Yeah. It's just having the opportunity to disciple them. Now, the the thing that we teach is three things. Number one, you are special. Yeah. Number two, you can be successful. Number three, you can be significant. The connection. You are special. Why? Because God created you special. That's putting God first. Right. Number two, you can be successful. If you work hard, work as hard as you can to be successful. Number two, you can be significant. As you work hard, you develop your talent so that you can impact other people. So by working hard, you become a blessing. Right. So I was able to tie those three things. Yes, That's sir. amazing. I Everything love that. that God teach, uh, taught me through my parents, but we had to make a school friendly by saying <laughs> you are special. You can be successful and you can be significant. Right. And we do it all. We, go, we call it three S's and we do it all in school. And when they start asking more questions, and why do you think that I'm special? You have a gift that nobody has. God has blessed you with that gift. You can right. speak that way. Or so you can once a this. question is asked, are you able to expand a little more? Yes. Okay, so yes. just you can't come in with You that. cannot initiate. Okay. You cannot initiate is the rules. But if the kid is curious, then you can right. expand. And like you said, those are direction. questions or those are things that you say that like gets them to want to ask more. Yes. Like, what, what do you mean I'm this? Or yeah. what do you mean exactly. this? That's great. Yeah. Exactly. And it just makes a big difference from them to know, wow, I am special, right? right? I can be successful if I work hard Mm -hmm. and I can be significant if I can impact lives with the talent, the gifts that God has given me. 
That's so good. Oh, I hope. I mean, this is going to be more needed than ever. Yeah. Once we get back to normal, man, exactly. I hope this is going to be an amazing exactly. thing. I could, I could tell you're, you're fiery about it. You're passionate about it. Yeah. I know that's going to show. No, I'm excited. Yeah. So, so that that's obviously what you're doing locally. So you had mentioned the clinics and stuff that right. you're doing. Tell me a little bit about that. So please. on the clinic side, um, as I told you, coming to Fresno, didn't really know much, uh, but it turns out that the company that I work for serves all work with hospitals okay and so every time we would do a remodel we will actually see many uh medical uh clean uh, medical equipment being thrown away we couldn't hmm. understand i couldn't understand that it's like what do you do with this it's like yeah we don't need it anymore and so it, it go to the dumpster but there's also other organization that comes and get it and i'm thinking i had this 14 years ago, this dream, this idea of starting the clinic, I didn't know where I can get the medical equipment. This is how God works. I'm just showing you how everything has been working and I couldn't even see it. Mm -hmm. Because when I came down with that idea working in the jail, I didn't know where to get the medical equipment. I just felt like, man, that's what God wants me to do. Mm -hmm. And then those people find my resume and I find myself here, find out that they throw medical equipment. That's it's amazing like, how God works that way, isn't it? How 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 can you how can I orchestrate this? All right. If it's not God behind it. And so I started talking to these people. They pointed me to an organization that actually collect those medical equipment and ship them to different places. Mm. I reached out to the organization. Turns out they've been in the Congo six times already. Wow. What organization is this? Uh MMI, Medical Ministry International. Okay. So they've been in the Congo six times. And and I reached out to them, they're like Yes, let's do this. Yeah. So as we speaking, the container was shipped to the Congo in December and it got there, um, I, I think, uh, on the 31st. Uh, now we are in the process of releasing the container. Right now, this is happening. Yeah, oh, exactly. Wow. It's happening right now. The building has been built. We we have a, a, a three-story building, but only the first floor is finished mm -hmm. or is being finished to be able to place those medical equipment so that we can get started. But we still... Uh, working towards finishing the building is going to cost another $150,000 to actually finish wow. the clinic completely. Uh, we, we're gonna, we are preparing ourselves for a mission trip to the Congo again uh, in July mm -hmm. to go visit the clinic um, as the activity will start at the first floor. But our hope is that we'll be able to raise the 150 at the end of this year so that we can finish both floors because the objective is to do work uh, medical work on both levels, the first and second, but on the third floor, it will be uh, more of a place where we're going to welcome missionary doctors mm. and, and just people from different churches that come to help in, in the Congo, people coming from America, for example, we will have to, uh, we'll have a place where we can live there and being, you know, care for there right. while we are serving in the serving. community and while we are connecting with other right. churches. So that's the big picture about that building. But yeah, God has made a way out of no way when, you know, when he gave me this vision, I didn't know where we were going with this, but after 14 years, the container finally got there. That's the building amazing. is that actually has to be exciting for you to be seeing that. No, it's like, beautiful, are you getting like man. updates and stuff and like, like pictures and videos or anything yeah. about what's coming up? Yeah, no, yeah. We, we got, I got pictures. I'll, I'll send you the, the, the pictures of the, 
the the the, the building itself, right. the the medical equipment, and hopefully when we go there in July, we'll have a right. video. And you're going to be of, going in July. Yes, I am oh, going. A, have you been back with, with? Yes, I was there in 2019. Okay, for the first time after many years, getting this started. Yeah, with, getting okay. this started, and we, we we only had back then, you know, one floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so during the shutdown during 2020, we were able to actually get more work done because the, the city was shut down for a little while. People were not working. Oh, so we, okay. had, we had more people. So you can find a way to use this to your advantage, right? Exactly. exactly. Find a way during this mess to actually... <laughs> That's it. That's it. We made Fun the most that. progress because most people are volunteering. And right. since they were no longer working uh, and they had to shelter in, space, in, in place, they were able to have more right. volunteers that helped us build the building because those that are... Of course, they, there is people that are paid to do the work but mm-hmm. also additional hand to supervise right. and get the work done um, that um, kind of help to get us through 2020 yeah. to be ready to just prepping getting ready to go the, so, the so, so you said there's still a lot of work seems like this getting ready to go yes. as far as financially and things yes. like that how can people help if they wanted to do that go yeah, to the- you, yeah if you go to our website again uh, www.u4f that com united mm-hmm. for the future it's all there uh, that com yeah uh you can you can financially help us there or you can just reach out to me mm-hmm. uh and uh, we can see how we can uh uh we, we can connect and do this and even if you want to go to the there Congo, you go i knew that it. was coming <laughs> let's do it that's great i've yeah. done i've done actually like short term like i've gone to mexico i think i went seven or eight straight summers for okay. like a seven to eight day trip where we were doing VBSs with okay. the children, and then also we had a group building and adding the churches. Nice. So we've actually built several churches nice. and done VBSs through different times there. Beautiful. So it's been um, those trips were life changing. Yeah, yeah. So like if anyone's ever had a chance to do any kind of short term or long term missions work, I, 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 you, there's no explaining. Like you can talk about it as much as you want, but yeah. until you're there and it can see the difference you're making it's yeah. it's amazing no so i love the, like what you're doing going you're doing. back in the 19 uh in 2019 was was uh was amazing to me uh i took we took a group of people with me and we were able to go to the neighborhood where i where i grew up and that old house where my parents are wow really there. so right there huh uh yeah where where i slept on the floor wow um, oh that's amazing so we, they were able to see it and to see that across uh, the town, a building is being built, and now finally I was able to put it together. The mansion that I promised my mom to build mm. was exactly that hospital. That's so powerful. I it, love that. It's, it's you know because that's what she asked me. She say, "Don't worry about us, right? Yeah. Even though they're still living in these conditions, they wanted me to move forward with this project." Mm-hmm. And to her. This is everything. When she saw it, she was in tears. She just couldn't believe this hard-headed kids turn into this. <laughs> right. So, but that's the thing that God does, man. That's got to be amazing he, for them to see that. Can, so you do that from what they yes, did, man. Yes, I think there's yes. nothing better you can give to your parents, yes. or, Oh yeah. For them oh, to yeah. see you accomplish what, the, exactly. what they want. That's exactly. amazing. Because that's her ministry. That's what mm-hmm. she was doing in the neighborhood, uh, reaching out people, and now we'll be able to do it in that building. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it's really, it, it was an amazing, amazing thing for her to, to see that realization. Right. So it's, you know, at this point, I, you know, I, I would love to go back there again. Right. And now this time with the clinic working to have her see it, right. and that would be such a blessing for, for me. I can see, no, I can see how exciting that is for you. I can see the smile exactly. on your face right there now. There it man. is. You got you're it. You're getting pumped. Yeah. Like, this is the, the, the 
the the joy that's coming out from exactly. hearing, seeing you right now talking yeah. about it's amazing. No. And and here's the thing though, I really feel like I know some people see missions work and stuff like this, and they see it this big thing, right? That I can't do, or maybe I can't. But I feel like you can support in ways and still be a part of that and yes. different things, right? I've heard yes. someone. Um, I don't know what I was listening to. They're describing it as there's three kinds of people. The people that do something, the people that do nothing are the people that support the people that do something. Right. Right. So like if you're not able to go to Congo and to do these things, there right. are ways you can support. You can still yeah. be a part of it, whether it's, you know, financially right. or through there's there's so much work that goes into prepping here exactly. that goes out to it. And they, even prayer, too. Like right. you said, you know, Christians are good at prayer. Exactly. That's one thing we could do. Yeah. Like, and at the very minimum, you can, yeah, you can ask for that. At the very minimum, dude. we can definitely do that. Yeah. But there are so many other ways. And like exactly. I like you can be blessed in ways you don't even know by trying to support and do other things. Yeah. And bless people, like you said, out, like you're not you may not be able to see it, but to know it's there. It's it's pretty amazing. No, it it is it is amazing. God's story is just it's amazing how he already planned it all, mm-hmm. right? I, I'm always like I look back and I still can't believe like, <laughs> everything was a dream. That's the reason why I'm actually writing a book. Oh, really? In my life right oh, nice. now. Um, just everything we talked about plus more, right? right? How do I really see life? And as an engineer, how do I see? Um, God, and that's the the title of the book is Engineered to Make a Difference. Mm. Uh, the reason why I use that title is because as an engineer, my job is to design, and mm-hmm. I only design around a purpose. Right? Everything I design is because there is already a purpose mm-hmm. behind it, so that my client can be able to be satisfied after I give him the product. And so, if I can design with a purpose in mind mm-hmm. for success. How much more can God do for his own right. design, which is us? Like he's the ultimate designer, he's right? He's the he's ultimate designer. Right. If you could this. see that come together exactly. in your small right. aspect, it's no matter exactly. what he's done. That's exactly. great, man. So my job as a designer is nothing comparing to his job as the <laughs> ultimate designer who already had a purpose for each and every one of us. And we are just leaving out that purpose. We are literally letting God uh, express us into the world so mm-hmm. that he himself can get the glory. And so that's kind of what I'm sharing through that book is how much, you know, we've been already engineered by God mm-hmm. so that we too can be able to express God and God will get the glory. That's amazing. So yeah. I don't know how uh, publishing a book or how you're going to go about doing this. How, what's up time? Are you still working on this? Do you have any goals? Right now it's, it's uh, the editor is working on it. Oh, so you're okay. You're right. So as soon as the editor is done, then it's going to be on, uh, uh, it's going to be uh, page, uh, creating the pages, the uh-huh. page design part okay. of it. And then after that, it will be ready. So hopefully before the end of the year, it should be ready. That's exciting. Yeah. Hey, maybe when that comes out again, we can have you. I'd love to sit down and talk to you more about it. Trust me, that book will be right there on the shelf. All right. I'm That's looking good. forward to reading it. That's, That's exciting. Yeah. Well, Fred, I love sitting down and talking to you. Man. I could. I feel like we could talk for hours. I could just listen no to you joke. talk. This is yeah. great. But I think if there's anything else you'd like to share or say before we finish up. Or no, just, this is just, it, man. I just want to say thank you for, for hanging out with you today. No, this I mean, is I love getting to know you opportunity here and it's always good for me to talk about God because this is not about my story Mm -hmm. it's about the story of God right it's about what God is doing through our lives and 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 you need to hear this story and I need to hear your story so that I can understand God better because there is no way that we can grasp how big God is Mm -hmm. and even just hearing someone's story is just a glimpse 
of who God is. Right. But it makes more sense because it's hard for me to relate to Paul. It's hard mm -hmm. for me to relate to Moses. It's hard for me to relate to these Bible stories. But when I'm hearing that you as a person, you're being used by God in this way, and then I know it's also possible for me. Right. So it was beautiful for me to have the opportunity to share. That's the whole reason why I'm writing right. the book. For sure. Is to be able to kind of just share that story and then encourage people to right. say, man, if, if God was able to use the last person like me, then I know that he can do so much more with you. Right. Yeah. So. That's why it's so important to get these conversations and to talk about it because you never know who's going to listen and who's look, who needs that conversation or who needs that you know, experience from someone else to yeah. to see themselves in that. So that's amazing, Freddie. I loved it, man. Thanks hey, for coming and sitting down with so me. Much, this was man. amazing. So good. I, I want to see you again, man. Hey, Come back on, man. Come on, we got to do it. Let's get this book going. Right, what was thanks, the name of the book man. again? You said engineered. Engineered for, to make a difference. To make a difference, man. Yes. Looking forward to it, Freddie. Yes. Thanks, man. Hey, thank you, man.